Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI, together, will get you back on track. Welcome along to this belated episode 62 of the bloodandmud.com podcast, your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and that gentleman over there is... I am Josh Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. Josh Gardner is sporting a Lions shirt today. I am old school, old fashioned. Old fashioned style. I'm wearing an England top underneath a purple jumper, which... Which is irrelevant, and you don't sort care. Sort of the lions. Sort of. <laughs> which is sort of, which is kind of mostly the lions. But we'll come on to that. The reason we are yeah. late is because it's all lions all the time around these parts. Damn straight. Or as we're now calling it, the Ross Moriarty Kiwi Smashathon of 2017. So excited about that. <laughs> After a week of Lions squad build-up that's been so leaky, leaky, they should have held the announcement at the Royal College of Urologists. The names, <laughs> are, hey, the names are finally out there, and we're going to chew them over with greater indulgence than Thomas Francis at a Thornton's free samples tray. We're also, <laughs> we'll also look ahead to the weekend's Euro fixtures because there's other rugby going on apparently. But yes, if you I, want... I, I, allegedly, I, I, I remain to be convinced that anything else is happening. To be honest, yes, indeed. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, which a number of you have been doing today after the oh, great, yes. the great announcement. C- certainly, those from north of Hadrian's Wall have been 
very excitable today, should yes, we say. And we will pick and we'll talk about that later. Oh, if yes. You, if you want to get in touch with us, you can touch with me or the pod on Twitter at Blood and Mud. You can get in touch with Josh. Uh, at Josh Gardner or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch. Yes, you can. There's also websites, Blood and Mud and Rugby Shirt Watch and email if you can find it and all of that kind of stuff. This is available. Where's it available, Josh? I can't remember anymore. Uh, I've, I've been available. It's on iTunes. It is on uh, iTunes. It's on Acast. It's on Acast. Uh, it's, it's, it's in any, basically, wherever you all good podcasts are sold. Yes, and Not you can sold. put the RSS feed into wherever you want should you have your own fancy type thing. Mm. Uh, you can leave reviews for us in iTunes, and we've had a five-star review this week. Good God, another one. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a relentless wall of approval. Um, <laughs> That's basically what I got into this for. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, validate me every week. Um, Damn right. The Spikes HR got in touch, and he entitled it, It's What You Hope You Sound Like After A Few Beers. And he said, A wonderfully irreverent pie fight of a podcast... It tackles serious issues in a very considered way and covers all the major developments. But like your memories of reserve team rugby, it involves a lot of dodgy language, taking the mix, strain offside more than a Kiwi flanker, and everyone gets splattered with mud. I mean, is, is that what we sound... I don't know if that is what I sound like after a few beers, but I like... That's a nice sort of general summation of it, I guess. Anybody I'll who help, was with I'll Josh Gardner this thing. weekend, can you please get in touch at Blood and Mud and tell us if that is what Josh Gardner sounds like after a few beers? Yes, there are at least uh, two people who occasionally listen to this podcast who uh, do know exactly what I sound like after a few beers, <laughs> and they will probably deny. I mean, basically, I do. it is not a million miles away. It's me getting angry and talking about rugby, I would imagine. <laughs> well, there you but, go. Sober, yeah. drunk. Are you even? Are you? Are you more maudlin when drunk? Um, when no, you get into your rants get, about rugby, you I get could, more God, I couldn't up? get much more fucking maudlin. Well, that's what I was. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. No, I, I probably get more excitable and more highly strung, which uh, is probably not a good thing. Let's be honest. Once we should do this pod drunk one week. We could do. See what, we yeah, could do. I mean, we at could least do. I, will. If... I won't tell you. I just will. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> just <don't... laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, do it one week and see if anybody notices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, often we ask people to get in touch with us to say if you've spotted a player doing something particularly dull. Yes. And um, we love that when it comes in. Anyway, Francis Woodfield, Francis with an E, lady version of Francis. Francis is my middle name, by the way, not the lady really? version. Not the well... lady version, obviously. Uh, but yes, my initials are LFC. No, I don't support them. Um, Which one? Okay, so the Liverpool so, Football Club. What's the other one? Uh, it's Leicester Football Club. It's Leicester City, though. That's LCFC. Ah, good point, good point, good point. Well That's made. why we don't do football on this, this podcast. That's why we don't gentlemen. do football. I'm shit at initials. It's one of the few things we don't digress into. Anyway, <laughs> um, player spotted. Francis Woodfield got in touch. I'm, um, I'm loving the pod at the moment, she says. Thank you very much. It keeps me company while I clean the house. The scene... <laughs> This is wonderfully written, by the way. She says, the scene was a dreek... She's Scottish, obviously. The scene was a dreek February morning. I hope that pronunciation is correct, any Scottish people <laughs> out there. We have enough trouble with segue, never mind words that... Oh, are. Jesus. The scene was a dreek February morning at a bleak, <laughs> nondescript budget hotel in central Edinburgh. The Scotland team was slowly leaving said hotel, glumly loading kit bags onto a coach. As I was walking past the taciturn gaggle, what is the collective... <laughs> What is the collective noun for a group of dour Scottish rugby players? That'll do. Taciturn gaggle will do for me. Yeah. 
pushing a buggy, my tod my toddler launched into his Captain Barnacles Gupper Octonauts toy at Richie Richie Gray's ball bag. <laughs> Impressive height propulsion propulsion from an eighteen month old. I agree. Already better at throwing than Ross Ford. True. Um, I mean regardless of how shitty is true. <laughs> After a mumbled guffawing apology, I gathered the scattered pieces of plastic with the help of the lovely Stuart Hogg. Topical. As I stood yeah. up, I saw a plate in the hotel's revolving door, his beanie hat having fallen down over one eye, obscuring his vision, with his kit bag slung casually around his neck. Somehow, the bag ended up in the section of the door behind the player with him in front. With residual momentum, with proper Buster Keaton stuff, with residual (laughs) momentum from the previous person leaving the hotel, the door was still slowly spilling, spinning. Gradual strangulation commenced. His (laughs) cheeks were getting redder and redder, though it was impossible to tell whether this was from embarrassment or lack of oxygen. Mercifully, (laughs) after not too long, he retreated and started again, this time overshooting his mark and travelling the full 360 degrees round before finally exiting the the external revolving door of demise. The player in question was John Barkley. Brilliant. I am no longer sure about how I feel about our current squad captain other than bemusement and maternal protection. He also, I mean, she, she that's what you want in a captain, isn't yeah, it? It is, yeah. <laughs> she, she signs off with, keep up the great work on the pod. It's the only thing that keeps my children from living in a clarty midden of a house. <laughs> I don't understand any of what we've said, though. I know what a midden is. A midden is a very is, is, a, is, is a dump, basically. So right. I'm assuming she cleans up. This is another one right. who listens to us while doing things around their children. Yeah, I've heard of people who, like do things like listen to podcasts while they're at the gym. And yeah, that ter- I've the had thought that. that someone does that with us terrifies me. Yeah, and when you know when you start something and you think, well, I imagine we're pitching into a market of people who are looking after the kids, tidying up, going to the gym. Yeah. Or one bloke rode a long way home from work to finish listening to this pod. I mean, I, you know, great amount of respect for you. Thanks very much. But Massively. It's, it's not what I would have expected. I'd expected it's no. people bored on the train trying to block out the rest of humanity or the fact they've got to a job they despise. That's really what I thought <laughs> yeah, we were aiming for. Yeah, that's basically what I was pitching for, certainly. Where do you think my particular level of fatalist shtick comes from? <laughs> Actually, speaking of, of crap player spots, yes. um, my new place of work is uh, directly opposite a Morrison's, which This, uh, is, this is, is already itself, a good crap start. Yes. Exactly, <laughs> which itself is about... 400 yards down the road from um, one of the Bath Rugby Academy training pitches. Right. Um, so it's basically Bath Rugby Central there. But as I was uh, just this afternoon, as I was uh, popping over to get a drink and a sandwich at lunchtime, I uh, came out and saw five Bath Academy forwards crammed into a Ford Fiesta, which structurally was <laughs> hanging on by a fucking thread they discontinued the fiesta i think about 15 years ago so just the fact that it's still running it was it was like yeah it was like about a 2004 ish fiesta and there was you know a couple of locks in the front and what looked like a second row or two and and a hooker or two in the back so it was full a full five person in a ford fiesta and the back suspension on that thing was crying out for just somebody to put it out of its misery so that's not a crap spot yet but in about 
five or ten years' time, I can potentially say that I saw, I saw that person. A, yes, a n famous rugby player crammed into the back of a Ford Fiesta, challenging the very structural so, integrity of its existence. Maybe Warren Gatland saw John Barclay's ridiculous revolving door maybe. confusion, and that's the reason why he's not one of the many, many Scottish people many not not named in the squad today. Yes. Not many people thinking, have been I, calling for I, John Barclay, a... have they? And yet my mate, who mm. played rugby to a very good standard, Matt, Matt Ford, if you're out there, nice to see, uh, he won't be, but hello, Matt. <laughs> He was saying he couldn't believe John Barker was in the squad. He really, really rates him. And that's probably the... He's probably, I said, I think you're on your own there because I've not known anybody else who's asking for John Barkley to be in the squad. John Barkley's a good player, but oh, yeah. I wouldn't have him anywhere near the Lions. No. So anyway, before we finish this, if you have spotted a player doing something yes. incredibly mundane or amusing, then please let us know. We will we will read it out online. I don't know. Maybe you've seen uh, Warren Fury struggling with the um, chip and pin device thing at a yeah. petrol pump. Or Maybe something like you've that. just seen Warren Fury. It'd be just good to know yeah, that he's all right. Yeah, where is Warren Fury? Is he with yeah. Dave Ellis? Warren, Warren, please get in touch. <laughs> please get in touch, everyone's Warren. Wo- everyone's worried about you. <laughs> please come home. Right, so that's the end of that. Let's talk about Lions Squad. Yes, it was very weird today, the, the uh, actual squad announcement, because it had a level of weird gravitas that I don't remember previous they seem to like stage managing it a lot better than and a lot more sort of dramatically than they have well, done in previous years like yeah i had a pass to go and you did i, I yes. couldn't be asked <laughs> it sounds like i'm being like awful being deliberately awkward i'm not i really couldn't be bothered because I, when i thought when i thought about it i thought i'm gonna go and stand in a hotel in brentford by the way brentford yes west london uh-huh. and basically listen to that, and then that'll be the end of it. And that's what it was. Then and I watched home. it on telly, I was like, that lasted about seven minutes, then it would have been time to go home, apart from milling around. It'd have been nice to meet a few other journalists and stuff, but, you know, actual journalists, maybe I could ask them how they do their job and what makes them, yeah. you know, actual proper journalists and things. But, um, yeah, yeah so I didn't... Put it, so they feel very threatened by the internet. If um, I was still in London, I was in London over the weekend and had to come back for a work thing on Tuesday. If I was still in London, I probably would have gone, but I wasn't going to drive yes. or train it 200 miles for that. It's a bloody long way for... Um, and there was no one-on-one, one, minute, one, no one-on-one interviews available or anything like that. So no. I'd love to interview Neil Jenkins, though. I mean, Neil was there. A, I mean, just imagine the warmth of the man. The, <laughs> just imagine, yeah. The exuberance. But yeah, it was weird because I, I was sat in the office and there were a couple of us in there who were, who were rugby fans and we sort of just stuck it on and, and watched it in a sort of weird huddling around the radio <laughs> listening to the... And it was a bit like there was something weirdly colonial about it because it was a very, very posh man in a suit. He was sort great, was Saying he? things in a very, very sort of... like he was. Re- it was like he was reading a casualty list, wasn't it? Yeah, as as I said at the end, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna say, "At the going down the sun, and in the morning, we will remember." (laughs) Yeah, it was (laughs) so weird. Like you think it should be this really like happy moment, and it did have this weird somberness about it. It's the thing is, he is the first manager I can remember for quite some time who isn't a personality in their own right. Yes, because you had Frank Cotton, didn't you? You had Donald Lenehan, you've had. Um, um, Wales winger was it? name completely um, escapes me. Gerald Davis, Gerald Davis, Andy Irvine, Andy the Irvine. Last one, so all people yeah. that you who had a kind of a bit of gravitas about. And I'm not saying this guy doesn't. I think he what was he a lion, John Spencer? I think he was, wasn't he? Uh, probably. He's, he's also he the also, front manager John Spencer Blues explosion. And played up front for Chelsea but, uh, with Mark Steen in the most yes. shortest yeah. strike partnership of the nineties. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, so John Spencer. So what was quite funny is, because I've got it here, just to, if you didn't hear it today, here's a little bit of an example, because he read the names out, backs first in alphabetical order, which did kind of give a little bit of suspense yeah. to it, because you were like, ooh, 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 was it Kate to like, oh, here come the R's, is it yeah, Jamie Roberts? Yeah, and there was almost a sort of like a, a reflective thing of, oh, fuck, we've gone past H. So-and-so hasn't been picked. Yes, it, it I was, was definitely thinking they've that. gone past H and so-and-so hasn't been picked. That's all I'm taking from today. Yeah, a twofer on that one. No James Haskell. But this is what he sounded like. Dan Bigger, Ospreys and Wales. <laughs> it's the fact he's got a bit of a whistle on his S's. Dan Bigger. It genuinely sounds like... Ospreys uh, and Wales. <laughs> it sounds like he's was like an old school, like a 1940s BBC radio announcer. It was great. I really enjoyed it for that sort of weirdness. Because I was going to play this so we could listen again, but then when I actually got the audio, I realised it Fuck took it him off. it took him five minutes to get to the end of it. I mean, we the one thing that we don't need is... Yeah. Any help to fucking make this? But thing Dan long. Bigger's name coming out first wasn't a strong start, was it? No, Depending well, on, it was on, just like, oh right, let's get that's that basically set the tone. Also, this is... this is another thing that I I kept wanting to do while he was speaking, something like this. Elliot Daly, Conservative, wasps and England. <laughs> yes, that's the other thing. It was like he's like he's calling an election or something. <laughs> a returning 6, officer. 000. 422. <laughs> Joe Marler, <you> <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe. So anyway, that aside, the whole gravitas of it was quite funny. I mean, Alex, I mean, Alex Payne, the guy off Sky, who hosts all of these things. Yeah, because before we go to the squad, you know, kind of... He is... He really doesn't do much to disabuse people of the idea that rugby is a complete closed shop of middle-class public school white boys, does he? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. And he's he seems very, like a really nice guy, and he's, he's a good really presenter. Nice man. But, yeah, but yeah, there, there was a lot of... Yeah, it, there was something vaguely colonial about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really understand why. That John Especially... Spencer looked like he had, should have had bloke in a turban with a massive fan waving <laughs> him the whole time he was doing it, basically. Like, he was exactly, in the Raj. Yeah. It should have been flanked on either side by blokes in fucking pith hats. It is there is something kind of empire about the Lions in some ways, though. I guess there, there is, is in a way, and, but... and they play on that heritage a lot, don't they? Because rugby union for ages was this kind of amateur establishment game, certainly in England, anyway. Mm, massively, and uh, and then the the light, the, the whole British and Irish thing. Anyway, you know, not that that means anything. I just I, that's only just struck me from what we've just been talking about. Mm. Anyway. There you go. So no Haskell, first and foremost. That makes me happy. One another thing we need to talk about is that David, well on touch on Twitter, Tweediatrics. He's a doctor yes. and he listens. We have clever people listening to our pod. Wow. Uh, simply tasked with hashtag where's Gethin? I tell you where Gethin is. In my heart. <laughs> Always in my heart. Um He might not be in a Gethin. shirt, but really no. he's with all of us, isn't he? I mean, he should definitely go on holiday to New Zealand this summer because there is a 99.999% chance that he is going to be the first person Warren Gatland calls when he's up against it. At yeah. least that's what I'd like to think anyway. Maybe Warren's just... Or when Joe Marler says something like, oh, you Maori boy, why don't you stick your tongue out or something? <laughs> yes, or or something equally horrendous. Yeah, come back to that. Um, well, I, the, the best, the weirdest thing about this whole thing, though, was like 
the gamesmanship from the lion's brass about like using the media to completely fuck with everyone like yesterday evening basically a complete squad allegedly leaked that was by and large very wrong yes like, and well there was there the was whole some... jamie roberts thing wasn't there we said the well into... a penny like fucking penny for his thoughts right now because he had the entirety of the internet and rugby media basically leading with the headline roberts to go on lions tour and he must have been like oh Brilliant, that's good news. And It'd be interesting then to know that it, because, of, because of Gatlin's relationship with him, if he would, Gatlin or somebody would be advised of all this going on. I, yeah, I and Gatlin would ring him and say, look, Jamie, before you get carried away, but would he? Yeah, I really I fucking know. hope someone did. But basically, it, it was quite... Because the, the Roberts leak and the JJ leak both came from, inverted commas, Sky Sources on Sky Sports. Now... You would think that if anyone has got good sources with the Lions, it is Sky, given that they fucking are doing the whole thing. So you wonder if that was something they intentionally leaked to try and get the, you know, including the only having Stuart Hogg in the squad thing, to try and get a fuckload anger. Yeah, who's broadcasting the Lions? Sky. Every time that was retweeted, what was at the top of the tweet? Yeah. Sky. Yeah. What would that remind people of? Oh, there's a Lions <laughs> tour. Oh, it's on yeah. Sky. Oh, I don't have a yeah. subscription. Oh, I'll buy, oh, I'll get a Sky subscription. Yeah, no, I, I don't doubt that there was some calculated stuff going on there. But basically, all that did is that when the actual squad came out, most people sort of went, oh. <laughs> because they'd already they got themselves into such a tizzy. You know, even, and we'll come on to the Scotland thing later, but like, even Scottish people who are incandescent about Scotland everything. only having Stuart Hogg and indeed yeah. everything, yeah. Um, we're elite sort of like, oh, well, we got two. That was like 100% more than we were expecting. In every bit of which political, if it was going to go that way, Scottish person they were going to choose as well as Hogg, nowhere did the road lead to Tommy Seymour. No. I'll be honest. It was weird. Um, but again, yeah, we, we can come on to that yes. in a bit because there's a lot to discuss there, I think. But it's Good. a big old squad, isn't it? 41, 41. Yeah, which again nobody biggest... called. No, we thought, you know, 37 would be. How many did too Woodward many? take in 2005? 45. 45, wasn't it? So he is right on the fucking borderline of biggest squad ever. I think the difference with Woodward is he, def- he basically said, I'm taking two match squads. I'm taking a midweek yes. squad and a test squad. Which, on the and one. I think... That's a classic example of in his mind in a management seminar, that seems to make sense. Like but on tour, it doesn't because it just makes people go, well, I'm never going to get in a fucking test squad, no. am I? That's and I think it's, it's interesting that he has taken a lot of players who are blatantly going, you know, there's nobody there that you look at and think, he, even it, whether he thinks in his head, whether the truth of it or not, in his head, he can think, I've got a chance of starting the tests. And. There are very few players in that squad that you look at and think he's going to look at that and think there's very little chance I've got of forcing myself into the test frame here. Mm. And I think that even though there will obviously be a test team that he has in his mind and everybody else, I think that's probably going to be the bench is up for grabs though, isn't it? I think somebody like Moriarty has got to go, you know what, if I play my bollocks off here, I could get on the bench here because I can cover six, it, I can I'm cover eight. Fucking and I and am that, an, and I will give you some impact. 
Yeah, and that is kind of you can look at it, and that's obviously what Gatlin's thinking about these warm-ups about the dirt tracker games. Is that by picking a squad that does have sort of, you know, it's a fucking strong squad, and there are very few players that you look at him and think I would not be happy with him starting a test. Really, like there are a couple. Don't get me wrong, but everybody there you sort of look at and think, well, even if they're not really in form or they're a little bit past it. I still trust them to do a job in a test match against the Lions if they needed to. That's... And yeah, it's it it creates a very competitive environment, I think. Let's talk about the kind of big calls. If yes. there are any, really. Yes. Um, and No launch spree, I think, is probably top of the list, is it? I think it probably is. Um only in that I didn't expect Launchbury and Laws to go. No, and I'm surprised that he went. And I, mean, I and, and of I the choice Laws. between the two, I yeah. thought it would be Launchbury, not Laws. So it'd be interesting to it'd be interesting to try and think of, or to you know why well, does he want Laws, not Launchbury? I think that it's probably. I mean, you've got to look at who is coaching the forwards, and it is the man who coaches the forwards for England. Um, yeah. And that's interesting because obviously there's obviously a bit of a Sarri's loving thing going on there with Cruis going despite not really having played for England much this season at all. Um, and because obviously he's done such a good job in the past. But yeah. I think it's when you look at Pickery and Henderson as well, he clearly has, uh, Borthwick clearly values versatility in his locks. And he lo- he obviously yeah. likes the fact that Henderson and uh, Aditoje and Laws can all play six if they need to. It adds that element to the bench, doesn't it? It does, but I mean, you want a lock to be a lock, and Launchbury is a very mobile, proper lock. No, I, I I would have picked him to be honest with you. So would I. I don't I don't really get like I I think there's enough beef in that squad between Henderson, Itodje He also doesn't sail, quote, close to the wind Launchbury. He's a very he's tough but he's sensible. He's not that. Yeah, he's He's not not going to get, he's not going to get you he's not going to give away a penalty for being a bit too late on somebody or something like that, which Law still has in him I think. Absolutely, and Itodje has in him. Yes, he does, yeah. So I wonder, maybe that's kind of what he wants. He wants it. Maybe Launchbury's a bit too nice. That's maybe, yeah, maybe that we've maybe just I've inadvertently have, hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, maybe they just think if we're going to intimidate New Zealand in a physical sense, we need to have a pack filled with absolute animals. And he's there looked at Launchbury and gone, that, he's a very it? good player, but he, he does seem like a very nice lad. And he does, he does. I don't think it, again. You don't get to where he's got without being able to look. I remember, no. oh, I remember an interview not. with him when he said, "I think he played his first senior game for Wasps or something," mm. and it, it was, it, and he was an ex international. He ended up playing against, and he said, "I was a bit oh shit," and he says in the interview, he said that that was the last time I was ever um, intimidated on a rugby field. Yeah, it was there was that particular moment? But yeah, the thing is, it's it's. I would have taken it, but when you look, out intimidation though, there is, and... yeah, and yeah, that's very true. 
But the thing is, I would have taken him. But when you look at who's in the squad, you can't go, well, that's a complete fucking clanger, can you? No, I, I you think know, when you I look at the locks, kind of are, the... the locks were always going to be the situation where good players would be left out. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a theme. Like, there are plenty of players that I think you can disagree with picking, but you can't then go, well, he's shite and he has no place on the tour. Because it's just, it's, it's, it's basically in you know the words of the dude just fucking your opinion man like there are players that i would have taken that aren't going and there are players that are going that i wouldn't have taken but i can't honestly you know the the john davis thing i know a lot of people have complained about that like i can't honestly like i would have probably taken ring rose if i'm honest ahead of him because i see more upside but i look at john davis and i think he had a pretty tidy Six Nations. He yeah, didn't he wasn't ripping a, up trees, but he was all right. Yeah, he, he was. He ran some good. Whenever he got the ball, it from a sent in a sensible position. He was running good lines. He was running hard. He kicked relatively well. He always offers that left foot option. He was defensively rock solid. He's good over the ball. You know, it's not like he's suddenly become a fucking just because he's not and hitting the heights of people where he was five years ago doesn't forget, mean that he's yeah. become a shit player because he's not. He's people just never been that kind well. of showy player that people like. People forget the experience word, don't they? Yeah. He's won a Lions Tour. Yeah. He's won a Grand Slam. He's got probably 60, 70 caps for Wales now. Like, for all the talk of how good Ringrose is, and Ringrose is going to be very good. Yeah. He's got, what, 10 caps for Ireland? Less? Because that, I suppose you've got to look at the kind of value over replacement thing, haven't you? Massively, And actually, yeah. is, is getting rid of John Davis... If Ringrose was in instead of him, I wouldn't be heartbroken. But I'm not this. I, it's not. It's not an illogical selection in a squad this big. No, so it's actually, really not. You know, and, him... you, and you look at it and think, if say Jonathan Joseph or whoever is playing 13 pulls up in a warm-up or yeah, or gets injured a couple of days before the test, if you're Warren Gatland, are you going to think brilliant? I'll chuck Gary Ringrose, who has shown very good promise, but also propensity to go missing and kind yeah, of disappear from games. Yeah, he does drift in and out of games. He has done, yet. Yeah. Um, and have a bit of a mare and has 10 caps in New Zealand for the Lions to start. Or are you going to trust John Davis, who has, you know, dozens of, you know, many scores worth of caps has won a Lions tour, has started at 13 for the Lions, has taken all the flack when everybody said that he had no business starting for the fucking Lions and was brilliant. It's you. It's it's about the yeah. players that they can trust. It's, it's much yeah, a mental thing. Because realistically, a, it, would have been, form. it would have been Ring Rose or Dunbar or Bennett. Maybe he's Bennett out for the whole summer now. I think he's out for the whole summer, yeah. Right. Um, so you're looking at Dunbar, aren't you? Or Hugh yeah. Jones is injured. Who's injured? Yeah. Would, would you you t- would, at... We will never know if you'd have taken Hugh Jones. Yeah, even, there's a very chance, good chance that he would have, or he would have looked at it in the same thing as Ringrose and thought he hasn't quite got the experience. And but the difference with Hugh Jones, I'd say, is that he has at least shown that he's got a little something about him, in that even when things are not going well, he still seems to play well. And I just, I honestly think so many of these calls that people are complaining about and they go you know particularly with you know 
Welsh commas who aren't in Welsh players rather who aren't in form who you know oh Wales finished fifth in the Six Nations yada 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 like there that old adage of form being temporary and class being permanent is kind of relevant when you're dealing with players who are in their late twenties have won Lions tours Grand Slams and have you know sixty seventy caps between you know each if not more. You know, George North is 25. He's got 69 caps. He's won he, a Grand Slam on, and a nobody, Lions Tour. And nobody's going to argue with that, though, are No. They? That's the thing. That, that's yeah. one of the people that aren't going to be... Uh, no, but, like, argue but, with. but when then you look at other players like, you know, like John Davis, like Dan Bigger, whether I agree with it or not, like you say, it's, it's not an illogical decision. It's not a mad decision. It's a... They're, they're going along so that if things go tits up... And there's a huge injury issue. Who will you trust? Do you trust untested rookie who may have never even played in New Zealand before? Hmm. And you have no idea how they're going to go. Or do you trust somebody who has basically seen it all and done it all and is not liable to, you know, backs themselves in that situation? And I think that's kind of the root of it, really. In a squad of 41, I think I feel most sorry for Chris Robshaw. Yeah, but then you, again, you look at the players that they picked, and it's like, yeah, can't really argue with any of those, to be honest. Yeah, and who, it, again, you know, it depends you, what you're looking for, doesn't it? Would you trust Rob Shaw more than Ross Moriarty to play six? Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. I mean, yeah. I think, yes, but, I think but it depends what job you're going to ask him to do. I think that's the top yeah. and bottom of it. And, I, I, and it, it, does he see him as an eight? You know, does Gatlin see, see him? And that's the versatility thing again, you know. We've all seen that Chris Robshaw is not very effective playing at seven. He is an out-and-out six, and a bloody good one at that. But you look at someone like Stander, who can play six and eight. Moriarty can play six and eight. It's it's the first, you know, this seems like the, the, the key thing that they've looked for in this is players that can are either exceptional at their one role or players who are really, really good at one role and then re- and have the versatility to do other things. And... Yeah, I guess his his lack of versatility in that regard perhaps counted against him. What made me when I saw the Twitter explosions, which are always going to come, whatever happens. Oh yeah, to, today, absolutely. Um, from, from anybody, the it made me think of. Do you know the film Unforgiven? Yes, the western with Clint Eastwood. I do it well. Yeah, glorious film. Fantastic. And, film. It, and at the end, when Willie, when the Clint Eastwood character William Money's completely lost his shit and decided to kill everybody again. And Gene Hackman's sheriff, Little Billy, comes to kill him, doesn't he, in the end? 
Yeah. And, and little Bill says, as he's, William Money's pointing a gun at him, says, I don't deserve to die like this. I've just built a house. Because he has just like built a house, hasn't he? Mm. And William Money responds with, deserves got nothing to do with it. Yeah. And there's an element of, yeah, but he's played so well this year, he deserves a shot at the tour. And, it, and you know, I can just constantly hear Gat- in Gatland, in a Clint Eastwood Gatland-type voice, yeah. saying, deserves got nothing to do with it, mate. Yeah. You Warren know, Gatland does not give a fuck what you think about which players have deserved and yeah. uh, which players, you know, he is looking at which players can execute his game plan. And I think that that kind of, the Ben Teo pick is clear proof that he is picking for a system. Yes. He wants, we all know that he is going to play Gatlin ball because of two things. A, because it's all he fucking knows. And we've all seen his haircut. He is not a man who is <laughs> prone to experimentation or trying new things. That's why he likes and, Rob Howley. Same haircut since 1995. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. You can trust the man who's had the same haircut. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the fact of the matter is, They've got, what, four weeks to get ready to play the fucking All Blacks with a team of strangers, broadly. So we've all we've discussed this before. You know, for all the talk of, oh, you know, the Lions need to play a sort of more expansive game and they need to, need to sort of take the All Blacks on at their own game, yada, 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 yada. They have not got time to do that. They have not got time to learn, you know, to play fucking all-black rugby in four weeks. And Gatlin Ball, for all of its flaws, is easy to work at, is easy to teach. The systems are straightforward. And Gatlin has picked players who are the best players available, in his opinion, to execute his game plan. And so, yeah, so Ben Teo, who has never played a fucking full game at 12 internationally, is blatantly being taken... To be, I think Gatlin was was he at Worcester on Saturday watching. He was yeah. watching Worcester on Saturday. And Teo did play very well on Saturday. Yeah, and when he gets Andy, the ball on the hoof and he puts that little that little, he can step off both feet. Yeah, he can step off both feet and not not a big step, but enough of a step. And it's the offloading game, isn't it? You have, yeah, and you look at him and you look at Robbie Henshaw, and you think that I think basically that he has sat that he watched that Ireland game in Chicago, and he went, "That's it." That is the blueprint because not only have some of, you know, not only is that proof that a Northern Hemisphere team can beat the All Blacks, but it was also a victory that came about by using a system that was not a million miles away from what he did. You know, big 12 in Robbie Henshaw, smashing into the gain line, creating space. You know, Ireland, people say that like Ireland you know, out All Blacks, the All Blacks, because they scored more tries than them that day. It's fucking bollocks. They were absolutely no, they, they, mon- they, yeah, they, they were monstrous. Them, and they and they robbed the All Blacks of... Well, the all, like Barrett and the All Blacks, it demonstrated they're just like any other team. If yeah, you, do, if if you, you starve them, them of the time and pressurise their space, yeah. they start to look very ordinary. Every yeah. team does that. Yeah, it was immense. It was a victory earned with immense physicality and then clinical execution of the game plan when they did get the ball. They didn't do anything razzle dazzle. They didn't do anything over the top. They didn't throw it around like the fucking barbarians. They executed their pattern very well. They counterattacked 
they put pressure on New Zealand inside their 22 and then they executed. And Gatland looks at that and thinks, I can teach that in a month to, especially when some of these players did it, I can teach that to a group of players and it might not be enough, but it's probably the best shot we're going to get of doing it. This and, is the thing that the lines are always in a kind of stick a twist scenario, aren't they? In that they stick yeah. with a rigid game plan because you don't have much time to sort it out. Yeah. But can you maintain, especially a game plan that's so dependent on physicality, can you maintain that at the end of a long season over three games? And I suppose the question mark then is if that's not working and the game does start to open up, are there enough people in there who can do something a little bit different? I think you would probably say I'm happy to leave that to he will pick players either starting or off the bench who will do who don't need to be taught to do that. Right. So Hogg, Liam Williams, Reese Webb, Tipperick, yeah. maybe. You know, he I think his and that's always been his thing with Wales, is that he feels like, you know, Wales don't score many tries due to pattern. They score tries due to individual brilliance because that's kind of how it they work. Hmm. I don't like it, and I don't think it's the way they... But that's kind of how his... his That's his almost his policy towards creativity. It's If it's on and you see the opportunity, by all means, try something. Otherwise, we're going to stick to but this thing. If you thing get it wrong, I... I will kill you. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. But it's it's interesting... And it's but but it is proper cards on the table, and maybe that's why he's picked such a big squad. Like you say, how do you keep that intensity up for three tests? Mm. It's if you see somebody's flagging, you drop them, and you have enough depth in your squad that you can bring in somebody like Ross Moriarty or CJ Stander or you know Ben Teo for Henshaw or John Davis for for JJ. You know, it's 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 it. it it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but you just look at that squad and you think, yeah, but that there's is, there's they've come the, loaded, they've come loaded for bear. They are, there's bear also the, be... yeah, there's also the question mark about, you know, what would it take to make it exciting? Actually, when you think about who's left out, who could come in to make it, inverted commas, exciting? Nobody. Ring Rose is maybe a little bit, got a bit yeah. more, but then again, Jonathan Joseph is an incredibly excited runner, exciting yeah. runner. Yeah, uh, you know, Noel is a bit of a lump, but he's scoring lots of tries and quite an ex- and he's an exciting player to watch. Anthony yeah. Watson, nobody's mentioning that. You know, he's yeah, come out of nowhere. Great pick that is. Great, really you know, glad and he's lightning, that. and he's and he's a very very good player. Um, I'm just wondering. I was thinking when we went back to selecting our teams last week, mm. if this selection changes anything about that. And frankly, no, it doesn't. No, very little. The only thing that I think is that. The one person that I didn't expect, well, the one person that raised my eyebrow more than anyone when it came to being picked is Jack a. Payne. He's picked four. He basically picked five fullbacks. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? Which I, don't, I would most never have taken him to pick two because I thought, well, because when he said Lee Alfred, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! In that, well, one, I knew it was. I wrote a piece. I write a piece for a weekly column for a New Zealand website and. I did a prediction before the thing, and I actually said I think he's going to go for Lee Halfpenny. Um, but I was picking a 37-man squad, and then there was an issue mm. about somebody's going to get left out. But actually, he's picked a 41-man squad, so 
And you all think, the rest well, of them are fullbacks. Who's he? Who's he? Who's whose place has Harper taken? Well, actually, because it's a forty-one man squad, no one. He hasn't taken anyone's. No, not really. And it's and it's interesting. You look at Payne, who could play thirteen as well. Don't forget. I think he's a better fullback than he's a thirteen. But what he is is a defensively rock solid thirteen. Yes. And I think that that has played a big part in this. He does not want ring rose with his occasional missed tackles. Mm. He wants Payne, who will never miss a tackle, and John Davis, who will never miss a tackle. And I I look at that and I think he, particularly with the halfpenny thing, the halfpenny thing make was, I was not shocked, but I was kind of disappointed because obviously he is there mainly on reputation. I'm not. Angry. I would say I'm just with him yes. and bigger, they are the two that have been picked on basis of what they can do as opposed to what they are Bigger's doing. Bigger's just there as a human shield for the midweek. That's what yeah. Bigger's there for. Well, I, I thought it was very telling that Howley, when they was asked about the Bigger pick, basically said that Bigger's picked because he believes that he he will go there and believe that he can start. And he's got the that unshakable self-belief that every game that he plays, he will see as an audition to start for the Lions, even if he's not. And no matter and secondly, what... And secondly, he has my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got, we finally that, got but... to the bottom of it. He's the one who's yeah. got my wife. And that was what this was all about, yes. <laughs> yeah, as you say, for a rock-solid midweek thing, he will not... The, the problem that the midweek team had last time when they lost that game was that they had no direction at half-back. And See, Dan Bigger, I'm just not sure his... Dan Bigger's giving that to anybody no, at the minute. He won't give, the, he won't give that but, direction in an attacking having sense, said but he that, will not fuck up. But having said that, who else could have gone in who you could reliably... Yeah, exactly. Say, well, the they, no, reliable other if option. he's not going, then who else plays with it to give him shape? Yeah. Russell, Drop he might do Russell. all right, but prob- you know, there's a chance he'll have that incredible leaky brain problem. Yeah. And then you've got George Ford, who, as you've raised many times, without the comfort blanket of Owen Farrell outside him, seems to basically regularly shit... Well, he seems to swing erratically between shitting himself and being sublime. And yeah. and that really isn't anything that Gatlin tolerates, is it? No, Gatlin cannot tolerate... I tolerate the, people that operate within this within this. this yeah, and Gatlin bandwidth. cannot tolerate the any hint of mental fragility. It, it, it is kryptonite to him. He hates it. <laughs> And I think a lot of talk today has been about Scotland and we probably need to address that. Yeah, because well, before you do, we did have a, we had a specific question. We've had a, some specific questions from Twitter. Yeah. Graham Gulvin got in touch on Twitter and said, I'm having my one rage and only one. How can Wales, who have been rancid this year, have one more player than the Irish and the Scots combined in this squad? So... It's kind of the same question. So, another que- another question that. we were asked was Ben Twilley asked, "I challenge you to make a convincing case for selecting Jonathan Davis using only the present tense." I think, I we've think already, I probably have. I think you've already yeah. done that. Yes, you've already done that. Job. So, so there, Ben, we've he's already done that. Um, to Graham Govitt, so Wales have been ranted this year, which they have. Yeah, one more player than Ireland and Scotland combined. I think you could for me. What Graham, Scotland won this year? There's that, yeah. I Whatever. think, but I think <laughs> I can, Josh's face has just gone. He's kind of set his face into quite a harsh feature <laughs> now. 
I think you've got to come back to the question about go position by position of who's been selected and who would you have instead. Somebody yeah. else did say, for example, Hamish Watson is not in there, but all the people he outplayed are. On that one game. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd have had Hamish Watson in there, actually. I would have, uh, I would have, with a, such a big squad, I think there could have been room for him. But I don't think he's a very Gatlandy player, and that kind of comes back to the whole yeah. picking for the system. Not, but I, I do think that, like, that, like you say, the the man for man thing. I do honestly think that when you look at Scotland, they're a fucking good team, Scotland now. But they're almost greater than the sum of their parts in a way. They're so well coached, and their systems are so good. The, and are Wales the opposite then? That would suggest Wales are the opposite. I would think they definitely they're, they're are. Less, yeah. They're lesser a team that's than the much worse than some of their parts. But like you look at like yeah, Hamish Watson, great player, yes. Could you look at him objectively and say that he's a better player than Sam Warburton? Well no, that was never. Or Justin Tipperick, or Moriarty, or Omani, or O'Brien, no. or Falatau. I don't like Sean O'Brien. I'd have taken him instead of Sean O'Brien. As a seven, yeah, yeah. as a seven, I'd have taken him seven, in, yeah. instead of Sean O'Brien. But that's me, and that would never be what Warren Gatland would do. So yeah. actually, Scott, it's not a ridiculous pick again. But they don't have the CV that like a Welsh player or an Irish player or an English player has. Nobody expect you know. nobody expected a Scottish front row to go. Nope. Apart from WPNL, who's not really been fit anyway. Yeah, Nell would have gone if he'd have been if he was fit and um, firing. Johnny Gray, pretty much everybody in every prediction said that when you do the analysis, this is nothing against Johnny Gray, but he's probably not going to go. Every predicted squad I saw went through the kind of machinations of the horrendous situation at Locke and said, Johnny Gray's probably not going. Yeah, but also, you look at... Gatlin said, like, Gatlin wanted Scottish representation in the coaching team. He went on record as saying that. Hmm. And... Uh, fair enough, Gregor Townsend turned him down because he didn't want to be Howley's assistant and wanted to focus on Scotland. Fair enough. However, what's his face? So Halloran is uh, is Glasgow assistant and attack coach. Also mm. turned him down. Mm. Um, and you know that might they might say, oh well, we've got to focus on Scotland slash Glasgow. But if you don't have anyone in the room, you've got you know we have like I said, we've got a month between. The squad getting together and what the first yeah. test, less maybe. Like no, yeah, you yeah. have you have well, we to made know that point, didn't we? Yeah, but that it's, yeah. it's really hard to pick play. I think you know Gatland said this. It's harder to pick players when there's nobody in the room who can say, "I know, I've worked with this person for X amount of years. I know and I'm that telling they, you, he will deliver this. He will deliver this. This is what he's like on the training field. This is what he's like in the team room. This is how he reacts to when things don't go well. And that becomes... And and then the only thing that they've got to go on then is what he's seen on the field. That is a very, very, very good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. That actually there's just basically nobody in there batting for Scotland and making the argument. Or not. Yeah. Or the ones that don't know people well enough. Yeah, and then the only thing that Gatlin's got left to go on and his coaches is what he sees on the pitch. And what he saw in the Six Nations was Scotland being very good at home at Murrayfield, but look at how they played away from home. And, you know, the Lions Tour is about as as much a dictionary definition of playing in a hostile environment as possible. It's, you know, four weeks or five weeks in fucking New Zealand against the best team in the world. 
and Scotland went to France, got pummeled to by play Saracens. <laughs> no, the other black team. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you know, they, but they, I, they got pummeled by France, who yeah. were shite, and they got humiliated by England. And you look at that and you think, if that's all you've got to go on, it's hard to, particularly from the Scottish pack, yeah. it's hard to look at that and go, and then I can yeah. trust those men to not crumble under Very the pressure. True. And there's and all of that. New Zealand. Then if you just come back to the player-by-player thing, you know, none of the forwards... Hamish Watson's one argument you could make in a squad that big. But then again, the fact he's not there isn't completely ridiculous. No. Given his, you know, he'll be. I think he'll be twenty-seven the time the next tour goes, and if he keeps yeah. going the way he's going, um, he'll go. Yeah, there's that. Number eight, no. John Barkley, no. No. You, you've then got Greg Laidlaw's a third scrum half would have been a reasonable shout. I think. I don't really know what Ben Youngs is going to bring. No, I don't. Laidlaw see why wouldn't either. have brought that. That that could that that could have been a thing. And also, you get the impression Greg's quite a decent guy to have in a squad. I'm not saying yeah. Ben Youngs isn't, but I don't see what harm it would have done to take him. But again, I just think there's that whole, he's not a very Gatlin player. He's slow. He's a bit small. He's not very physical. No. And you look at the, you know, he's played, he's play, you know, Gatlin took line, took Youngs in 2013. Yeah. He, he's worked with him. He I'd fancy Laidlaw as a kicking option as well. And, and yeah. that game management thing, you talk about midweek game management, he could have done that. But, you Definitely. know, beyond that, you're looking at Seymour's already gone. Finn Russell is far too flaky for Gatland. And yeah. Big is not that crazy a shout, given all their no. history. Dunbar. Mm. Dunbar had a Teo. But again, it comes back to this isn't really. Deserve's got nothing to do with it. This is about yeah, does Dunbar yeah. work in As the system Gatland that Gatland wants to play? No. He's six he foot does one. not. No. <laughs> You know, that's, you know, <laughs> Hobbit territory for a Gatlin centre, certainly a 12. And also... And Teo is Dunbar, a more powerful runner, and that's what he yeah, wants. Teo's a powerful runner. Teo can step and he can offload. Dunbar is as fucking honest as a day is long, and he's great for Scotland in the Six Nations, but he does not... It's not just picking the best 41 players. No. It's picking, you know, that is the truth of it. And people can say, oh, there's too many Welsh players, there's not enough Scottish players, there's not enough English players, I've heard, you know... It's it's about what he wants. It's if you if you're that bothered about having vaguely even representation, then let's go back to the pre nineteen ninety seven days where the squad was picked by a team of you know, a board of selectors and it was political as shit and loads of players that didn't deserve to go went and loads of players that did deserve to go didn't because of the fucking political back and forth between the various members of the panel and I don't think anybody really wants to go back there do they um I think well you know why not you know we've taken our country back we <laughs> take our British Lions back that will be the next step when I'm all for go, you know taking back your country polio coming back all that kind of stuff I think yeah. everything will be better if we go back to the past yeah, one of the sort of first tenets of an independent Scotland will be demanding at least uh, 25% representation on all future Lions tours. Nego- negotiation points, first meeting. One, <laughs> oil. Two, Scottish tourists on the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so before we just drift too far into that and dump a load of listeners, let's... Um, yeah. So that's our sort of, you know, 
as much as I think a lot of people expect us to have a total meltdown, um, I can't. I, the squad's so big, there's not that much that's happened. And actually, it doesn't fundamentally change what would be the Test 23. No. And I and you look at that squad and you think, it might not have been the. If, there were, if you gave me 41 names, those would not be the 41 names there that I would pick. But broadly speaking, the 35 or whatever it is that we picked in our squad a couple of weeks ago, I don't think any of them are missing, are they? I don't think so. And the ones that um, Chris Ashton's not been selected. Yeah. I wanted you know. Chris Ashton in my squad, but that was a completely indulgent nonsense. Yeah. And I picked Geth because I thought it would be hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, they've, they've, they've made the big calls that we kind of wanted him to. He's left Dylan Hartley at home and picked Jamie George, which is what he absolutely should have done. Mm. Third, picked... third Lions tour on the trot that the current England yeah. captain's not gone. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Who was it in 09? Um, Ooh. Who was the captain? Was it Mike Tindall? Might well have been. Ooh. I can't remember. I'll find that now. Um, it was yeah, obviously Robson yeah, last time. No. Uh, who was the England captain before? <laughs> God, that's... Might say, I should know, being in English. You should, actually. Oh, God, that's really bugging me now. I'm Googling it as we speak because... Um, so am I. God, this is... Stephen Borthwick! Fucking hell. Of course. Of course it was. Oh, how could I uh, forget the Borthwick well, years? Exactly. On the, yeah, and they put... So I'm, I'm quite happy about that. I'm, you know... I worry about yeah. The thing that worries about me is that I don't think that the test team that we all wanted to be is going to happen. Because I know I will tell you for a fact that if Stuart Hogg turns into a defensive fucking liability in any of the warm-up games, oh, Warren no. Gatlin's going to turn around. Listen, everyone listening out there, just get this out of the way now. Get your rage for the non-selection of Hogg in the first test out of the way now. Oh, massively. It'll safe. save you loads. You'll be stressed enough as it is Lee before Hogg, the first test. He is going to take one look at Stuart Hogg's getting run over by the Maori or something like that. and He won't he even take one go. look at that. He, I'm well, telling you, not. right now, he knows Lee Halfpenny but is he will starting use that as, as his fullback. He will use that as validation. He will say, aha, I fucking told you. Because he's listen, all def- you, all you Twitter cants. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking cants. Um, yeah, he will look at that and go, ah, uh, yeah, no, I think I'll take the lad who is never is going to put his body on the line and never ever give up ahead of the flaky attacking bloke, and that may well be the wrong decision, and it's certainly not the decision that I would make, but. You only got to look at what a Gatland fullback does, and people have, because you know, it's real. I was chatting with my good mate Hugh over the weekend about Lee Halfpenny and about the Wales fullback position in general, and people don't realise that Halfpenny never looks like an attacking threat because that's what Gatland wants, mm. because he doesn't. And it's it was really funny. He made a really good point that it was really funny that when they swapped them round in the autumn and they put Liam Williams at fifteen and Halfpenny on the wing, people were saying, "Oh, Halfpenny's looked more involved in the game than he has in years." <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Or, or Liam Williams was quiet though. Yeah, because the Howley system and the Gatland system 
asks for a fullback to basically be a sweeper and the last line yes. of defence. Nobody, none of their fullbacks hit the line ever. No, they don't ask them to hit the line at all. And so when Liam Williams plays at fifteen for Wales, he doesn't unless something weird happens. He doesn't look that good. And when, but when he's on the wing, he looks dangerous. Similarly, you put halfpenny back there, doesn't do anything because he's not asked to. Can Stuart Hogg do that? Can Stuart Hogg suppress his attacking instincts and do the job that Gatland wants to be defensively well, resolute? If you were going to ask him to do that, you wouldn't pick him. There's no and point in putting in, a player like him truth, yeah, to come back to the system argument again. There is no point in putting him as a fullback if you don't want him to attack. All no. you do is you live with his foibles because he's likely to get you a try. Yeah. And for Scotland, I think that's that fine, Gatlin would rather have the person that. stood in the right position who catches the ball and kicks the doesn't, goals. Doesn't drop it and kicks the goals and makes the tackles and doesn't ever get caught out of position. And yeah, yeah, it's, Lee, it's a... Lee, Lee Halfpenny's core skills when he's got the ball are actually a bit shit. He's not a very good passer of the ball. He's not a very fluid runner with the ball. I think and that's I think... hard. I just think he doesn't ever do it. He's quick. He's very agile. I, I stand by what I say, but I think nobody's ever noticed because he's never been asked to do it. No, and that's Nobody's asked him true. to burst into the line and hand and, and, and pop the ball off as an offload or, or spin a 15-metre pass on the run. He just doesn't... He's never been asked to do it. Well, he did it in that third test in 2013, didn't he? For the Roberts try. He did, that's true. And and he can do it when he wants to, but he just is never asked to by the Wales system. And so, yeah, I think... as I'm sorry, Scotland fans, I completely agree with you. Get ready for him not to get picked. Because... Yeah. I said on Twitter just, about two weeks ago, get get the rage out of the way now, because it's coming. Yeah, as sure as eggs is eggs. It, it is going to happen. Like... Whether he deserves that or not, Gatland does not give a fuck what you think. Deserves, deserves. got nothing to do with it. If you haven't seen yeah. Unforgiven, by the way, watch it. It's a glorious film. It is a fabulous film. So, yeah, so many good Eastwood lines I in didn't it. Hate, I didn't hate everything that Clint Eastwood stood for. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he but does yeah. say, who owns this shithole in the best way ever <laughs> in that film. Right, so what? just before we bring that to an end... Um, David Lowry got in touch on Twitter and he said, mm. I can't be the first to have noticed this, there are more players in the squad born in New Zealand than in Scotland. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's great. So Payne was born in New Zealand, so was Teo, so was Mako. Yeah. And I don't, Seymour wasn't born in Scotland, I don't think. Scotland on his half hog. Oh dear. So anyway, so there you go. Do you know what we should talk about? Because we didn't talk about it in our Lions pod, our actual Lions podcast, is that Sam Warburton has been made captain. Oh yeah, I nearly <laughs> forgot to talk about that again. Thank God yes, you're here because it's so fucking obvious and so yeah. Of course he's captain. He's the only, literally the only man for the job. He's been a player reborn this season. He's a great ambassador off the field and on it. Um, I just genuinely hope that his and he's um, a, he's a universally liked, galvanizing presence, isn't he? Yeah. And, he and he's just, won a yeah, Lions tour, of course. He's won a Lions tour. He's done it all before. You know, he was probably the best display that I've seen in the modern era from an open side flanker was Warburton in that second test. He was on another level 
to everything I've yeah. ever seen him or most other course, players. So he technically didn't win a Lions tour, but there you go. True, but yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Well, he did. Yeah. I'm being silly, but you know what I mean. True. Yeah, so yeah. Th- the reason so, why yeah, we haven't talked about yeah. it, there's not much to say about it. There really isn't. Like England I, I have a significant leadership seen... problem to the point at which they have the second best hooker starting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... I guess I guess your midweek captain's probably going to be Rory Best or maybe Owen Farrell if they risk him. Yeah, he's going to be Rory Best, I think. Yeah. Okay. Or Alan Wynn Jones. Or Alan mm, yeah. yeah. But yes, I think it's it's a good squad. It's a strong squad. It's a fucking big squad in terms of both size and physicality. Um but I I can't I don't really unless you're Scottish and you've got a particular chip on your shoulder about that. I don't really think there's much you can complain about. No. Next week, we have got a actual proper New Zealand person coming on. My God. Who lives in New Zealand and everything. Jesus. So we'll be continuing this uh, Rosh Moriarty Kiwi Smashathon 2017 discussion next week, only simply because the guy from New Zealand is on, New Zealand is on Jamie Wall, who's a journalist down there. And I'll be, we'll just be asking him, what do you think about the squad? I reckon because he's a Kiwi, he'll probably go, I don't know, I've never heard of half of them. But we're going to smash you. <laughs> or basically, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck anyway. But it, he'll give yeah. us a bit more of an inside track on the uh, midweek teams and all that kind of stuff and how we think mm. things are going to go. So that's that next week. We asked people to put forward things that we want to discuss specifically about the Lions thing. And Alex Smitty got in touch and said, please cover off the best and worst official photos. So oh, there's some great ones. It might though. be worth at this point, if you're on your phone or on a computer, getting it to the Lions official squad page. Yes. Just go to the website, go 2017 tour squad, and then there's the pictures because we're going to talk about them now because honestly, they're blinders. Alex said, I vote that uh, Kyle Sinclair is the best for the person who looks least able to put two arms behind his back and clasp his hands together comfortably. It's remarkable. There's quite a few of them in there where, I mean, the simple act of standing with your hands behind your back is somehow just, I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, Carl Sinclair, I, he's just, he doesn't, I think he's like maybe trying to flex while also, it's almost like, you know, when you do that stretch thing where you put your like hands behind your back and sort of stretch your shoulders out to try and like release your spine or something. He sort of looks like he's doing that. Maybe he is. Either way, he looks very uncomfortable. He looks very uncomfortable. Owen Farrell looks like somebody's just cupped his balls off camera. <laughs> He's got a very sort of surprised and disgusted look in his eyes. He does. I particularly enjoyed um, Ian Henderson, who I've not previously thought look, looks like a sort of inner-city heroin addict, <laughs> but certainly on basis of this squad photo. Yeah, we're just going off the photo, the by the way. Yes, we're just going off the photo. I say he looks like he should be yeah. wearing jogging bottoms and smoking weed. Yes, he, and he has the sort of the weird, like, slightly mad eyes of somebody who has been doing a lot of crack lately. <laughs> it's, <laughs> very, it's very... He doesn't normally look like that. Talupi Falatau just looks very friendly. He's got these, as he always does, these lovely warm brown eyes that you just kind of want to look at and make you feel all calm. Yeah. To be honest with you, the three uh, Polynesian representatives in the squad all just to have a nice, you know, Falatau just looks quite nice and quite happy. Billy looks like he's having a wonderful time. Like he's one of the few players that isn't trying to look hard. Yeah. Just kind <laughs> Which of actually, when you meet him, that's what he's like. He is just this very sweet, yeah, smiley exactly. guy. 
Whereas Mako just kind of looks like he said, yeah, I fucking told you I would. Tommy Seymour looks like a bass player in an out-metal band. <laughs> it's the haircut, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. Help. And the very pale skin. Yes. Um, Joe Marler looks like he's finally <laughs> defeated the concept of having a neck. Joe Marler looks like a Toby jug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He looks exactly like a to- Toby jug. Jack McGrath looks like a member of the offensive line from a 1970 Super Bowl winning team. Yes, or a sort of weird, like, I don't know, there's there's a, something a bit of the porn star stash about that, and I don't know if I like it. Jack Noel's head also looks like the size... <laughs> Abs- of, yeah. he, there's quite a few of these players that look like they've had their heads superimposed on other people's bodies. And Noel is definitely one of those. Yeah, massive, um, massive. I always think that about my favourite person, James Haskell. His head, huge, figuratively, but literally, is massive. And I often think, imagine if he was a normal-sized person. <laughs> he would be like a circus freak. Because <laughs> he's that big now and his head is massive. So Speaking, speaking of people who look like freaks, um, <laughs> what... A, when did Ben Young's develop giraffe traits? Yeah, because his neck is obscenely huge. Neck. I mean, Sam Warburton's got a big old neck. He sort of looks like a weird eagle thing, but then he always does. But I've never noticed Ben Young's neck is that long before. And also, but holy it, shit, it is. His whole face looks like he's suffering from consumption. It does. He looks I mean, a bit ill. Whereas Jamie George looks like he's suffering from some sort of you know gout. I don't know. It's 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 not the most flattering photo I've ever seen. Anthony but Watson like delighted to be there. Anthony Watson like it looks like he's been rendered in a Street Fighter Two character. <laughs> he he has like got a, that sort of slightly pixelated hair, hasn't he? He's got. He looks like a black guile if you remember Street whereas, Fighter Two. Whereas Jonathan Joseph looks like a sort of FIFA character from the mid two thousands, where they haven't quite got the head shape right yet. So it's kind <laughs> of got worries weird, like that. He's, he's got, got a bulbous got a brain weird, cavity. Yeah, he's got a weird divot, and I've never noticed that he has that in real life before. So Barry um, told you looks person most likely to be in a Millie Vanilli tribute act. <laughs> that's that. There's no change to normal. Let's be honest. There's no change to um, normal. Alan Wynne Jones has been de- definitely been to the barbers and has had somebody make him not look like he is receding at a rate of fucking knots. He also I has that he's... kind of look on his face, like he's like he's in one of those TV police procedurals. As the... I was going to say, he's got the sort of David Tennant in Broadchurch face, doesn't he? He looks yeah. like he should be standing on a pier, looking at some cliffs. He looks like he has trouble maintaining human relationships because he's so brilliant <laughs> and maverick. Maybe that's but, true. I don't know. Alan Wynn, Alan Wynn, Alan Wynn Jones as hard-nosed but damaged TV detective. <laughs> You. you heard I, it here first. I would watch the shit out well, of that. BBC Wales and make fucking anything. Especially well, if it's got a Welsh that, person. They made in. that one that was just about that detective who liked to go running in his caravan all the time, whatever the fuck that was called. Hinterland. Hinterland, yes. I mean, Filmed why it I... in Welsh and English at the same time. Yes. Um, Ken Owens looks like he's out on remand. <laughs> as always. Uh, as always. Um, Peter O'Mahony looks like he's been left out in the sun for too long and he's shrunk. Peter O'Mahony looks like his head is 10 feet behind his body. It's so small. <laughs> he looks he looks like a tiny little man. I don't know whether that's just because they've got him next to Sean O'Brien. He have equally no neck. Um, but and what, what's the story with Liam Williams' hair? Um, I think it's called 
my girlfriend is a supermodel and I'm letting her make the decisions. That can't Equally. be true. Well, his girlfriend is a, a model, I believe. Oh, is she? Which is, yes, which is why he's uh, he's one of the reasons why he signed for Saracens is because she obviously has to work in London a lot. So uh, That big, massive, gonky, wing-nutted, bow-legged, strange-looking thing has got a model girlfriend. Of course he has. He's a professional athlete. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I remain amazed at Reese Webb's hair. Oh God, yeah! It's, it's lit. It literally in the photo. I mean, I know it's been cut out with Photoshop, but that only adds to the feeling that it has literally been sort of pre-prepared by a makeup artist and then just dropped onto his head <laughs> for the purpose of the photo, where it will then be removed it's the and fact put. You can in see some... about seven very specific blonde strands. It's bizarre, it's like, isn't it? Does he it? only dye those strands? I'd love to think. I'd love to know if he gets highlights on those particular bits. He looks like like a gay action man. <laughs> Whereas CJ Stander looks like um, he was in a boy band about 15 years ago and it's not really worked out for He's him. He's not as handsome as that photo gives away, as reckon CJ No, he looks, he looks very handsome. Very, very handsome in that photo. And he, yeah. I'm not saying he's an ugly man. He's just not, no. as, he's just not as handsome as that. Yeah. Ben Taylor looks Payne, mystified, which probably, you know, which is no great surprise, really. No, and Jared Payne also looks like he's sort of just come to fix the boiler. Yes, he does. So there are some blinders on there. There are. I think. I think my favourite is either Kyle Sinclair or Skag Eddie and Henderson. To be honest, <laughs> I just love Joe Marler. It just looks like it just looks <laughs> Joe, like, he doesn't look like he could be a real person. It's just no. He he looks like he's like a dwarf that someone has designed in a computer game. He does. Yeah, he looks. <laughs> you yeah. give him an axe, and he would be. Loving axe. Don't give him an axe. He'll probably use it yeah. for some sort of. Stop there. No. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Now let's uh, move away from the Lions, shall we? Let's. We've had a submission for the rugby lexicon. For those of you who don't know what that is. Oh, this... one more thing. Actually, oh, sorry. Before, talking of Lions squad photos, did you see the photo of Warburton surrounded by all of the yes. coaches? Yes. I tweeted it. Can we fact. talk about the trousers situation? Oh, now this. There? there was a picture when they first announced oh, the management shit. where this was. This this was the case. Andy Farrell's a, trouser and chino and pump game is is a is a world ahead of everybody I, else. I mean, it looks. I think we can say without any doubt that Rob Howley and Neil Jenkins shop at the same shop, and it's oh, probably yeah. pre, it's probably the Premier Man catalogue. Let's let's be Neil Jenkins has still got double pin tucks in the front of his double pleats <laughs> trousers. I didn't know you could still get them. I didn't think they still existed. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, Borthwick's going for the sort of Chino look, which just proves which side of the bridge he's from. Same with Farrell. Like, what I want to know but is... But at least with Farrell, his are actually slim-cut Chinos with pumps. Absolutely. That's Farrell's kind of on trend. Stylish. You know, I can... Farrell's vaguely stylish. Borthwick looks like he's auditioning for Top Gear, but fair enough. And same with Round. <laughs> but the, the, the crushing level of uncool on the right side of that of Howley and Jenkins. No wonder they play a dour brand of rugby. Yes, they're like bookending it as the most uncool people in the world, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. And why are Howley's arms so long? I've Why have I never noticed before that Howley's arms appear to be freakishly <laughs> long? He's like an orangutan. 
Or maybe he's just elongated him with constantly rubbing his hands together in worry. I mean, for there the past is year. there is that risk. There is that chance. What I don't understand is why they didn't just like they've put them in the lion's polo. So why not put them in lions like bottoms as well? I, I love that. Yeah, but I also it's love like, it's, it's like the they've of... got they've said right, lads, we're gonna send you down the pub. Get re- but in lions attire, it's like the sort of bloke that wears the like but I, the sportswear polo with the chinos tucked in thing. It's, it's the most crushingly uncool thing I can it's imagine. Also, um, why does only Gatlin get to wear a suit? Like he's like the fucking bridegroom. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you don't wear a suit. <laughs> like... You're not fucking upstaging me. Jenkins, get them double fucking pinned up trousers on. Yeah. Also, Gatlin's jacket. <laughs> don't want to. Don't want to be that guy. But Gatlin's blazer is way too big for him. Oh, I'm always that guy. I, I, I'm often that guy. But that jacket is at least six inches too long. The sleeves oh, are too long. It's a good job his hands. It's a good job his hands are in his pockets because they would be like there. there's only Blatantly. his fingernails that'd be showing from the length of those sleeves. <laughs> It's like you think they've had what seven months. At no point did Eden Parker, whatever the fuck they've got doing the suits, think maybe we should probably take. It's Thomas Pink, I think. Thomas Pink, because I keep getting emails from Thomas Pink as the official shirt supplier or something. Yeah, maybe they should have taken his measurements at some point. And it's the fact that all the chinos are not even the same tone of blue. No, like Borthwick's have have had Borthwick's have had at least sixty washes. And, and, and Farrell's look quite they're new. They're faded, but not in a trendy way. They're just faded because they're old. Oh, Steve. I mean, look at... <laughs> oh, Steve. And he, I mean, you can't see his shoes on this, but on the original photo from when the, they got together, to, when they announced the, 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 the squad, you could see yeah. his shoes, and they were like horrendous slip-on chicken corma-coloured <laughs> like slip-on shoes. Because he obviously can only shop at High and Mighty or something, can't he? He's of course bo- not, yeah. Or Giacomo or some other Jack- thing. Giacomo, Premier Man, and High and Mighty are his only options. Look at but... Neil, though. As I said, Neil looks like he's a he's a lorry driver that somehow wandered in on the side and somebody just said, smile, and he just smiled accidentally and then, then said, excuse me, can, I'm, I'm blocked in. Can you move your Land Rover, please? It's remarkable though, isn't it? Because it's like they're going to like a fashion, sh- like a GQ or something, and but except they've gone trousers, model phone. And usually when you turn up for things like this, the magazines and stuff give you clothes. Put give this you on. Clothes. Put that on. Yes. You look like shit. Put this on. But actually, no. Just wear Thomas what you want, Pink lads. Su- why did Thomas Pink not supply like five pairs of fucking chinos? Like, because Gatlin's wearing brown trousers with a blue blazer. You know why? Oof. Because all the time they had allotted to actually do all of the clothes beforehand was taken up by John Spencer rehearsing that fucking squad announcements. It probably took <laughs> about three fucking hours. They got him down to six minutes after they edited him heavily, I imagine, <laughs> in rehearsal. No, you can't say that, John. No, you can't say that, John. No, they're not fuzzy buzzies, John. Uh... <laughs> Be interesting yes. how he comes through in the video after speaking to Ben Utley last week, John Spencer, because... A lot of the other managers are very front and centre, aren't they? Fran Cotton in 97, yeah, Donald yeah. Lenehan crying, you know, and stuff. It was Yeah, a bit... yeah. It'd be in... It will be genuinely very yeah. interesting. Donald Lenehan, I, couldn't, I couldn't have asked any more from you boys. <laughs> well, she's doing well, lads. I uh, I think we gave it a red-hot go. And uh, <laughs> yes. uh, we'll try what? again next week. Cracking, cracking, cracking turnout, fellas. I'll see you in... I'll... <laughs> Chaps, I'll see you in the club. We'll give it the old college try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shouldn't make oh. fun of him just because he's posh, but it's basically what I think. I mean, he probably can't it. even understand the Irish members of the squad. He's so far. No. He's, he's so, Can you imagine he's him so, having a conversation so with Sean O'Brien? 
who is basically unintelligible to anyone that wasn't born within a hundred yards of his farm. <laughs> oh, right. Did oh. did I mention we digress? Right. Let's see. Yes. Let's move see, on. Some people. I haven't got sounded rugby. I haven't got sounded rugby lexicon now. I have to do it next week. Oh. So let's talk. One thing Sorry, we haven't everybody. talked about because of all the lions. Sorry, not lions. The Ross Moriarty Kiwi Smashathon 2017 talk yes. is um, shit watch. Mm. And don't don't act like you've not been deliberately avoiding <sighs> bringing this up. Yeah, yeah. Ospreys lost again at the week. I won't go into details, but Ospreys lost again at the weekend. They retained the Cuthbert Police on Cup. They lost they have... in deplorable circumstances, by the way. Dis- a truly disgusting performance. <laughs> Which is exactly what the CPC engenders. An absolute dreck. Yes, so much so that Sean Holly questioned if they'd learned any lessons of losing the last four games. Which uh, is, is a little bit on the nose, but oh well. Anyway, they've now had it for 25 days. Which is pretty fucking long. It is. It feels longer. Yeah. It feels longer, but it feels longer to It feels you. longer for me. <laughs> And they've actually they they're creeping up on Cardiff now. Cardiff had it for a total of thirty three days. Another week and a bit, and Ospreys could be uh, up and to what? fifth in the table. They're, Excuse me. I, I can't remember if they're away to Scarlets next weekend or if they're uh, at home to Ulster. But um, I think they might be at home to Ulster next, and then away to Scarlets. So, so I will never ever ever forgive them for losing to Stade Francais. Uh, neither will I. It was a disgraceful, disgraceful thing that should never have happened. Um, yeah, home to Ulster on Saturday at three o'clock. Um, we shall see if Ulster can have the yay old shit watch trophy back again. Oh yes, because no, they have, they've so. held it twice, if memory serves. But they've used, they've held it yep. for a week and then yeah, sensibly they're, they're quietly got going about being quite efficient these days, aren't they? Yes, uh, after that last week's performance, I would bet good money on the Ospreys still having the CPC uh, come the start of next season. Doing the Dragons. Oh, Carrying yeah. It over the summer. Right then, the other rugby that's going on this weekend mm. sees the semi-finals of the Big Cup and the Not-So-Big Cup. By the way, Josh, yes, you have seen the announcement that the finals of both these glorious Brave New World absolutely outstanding uh, championships, uh, will be in Bilbao next year. Really? Oh, that's exciting. At the Sam Mames Stadium. Athletic well. Bilbao's ground next year. I am going with about a thousand bells on. Because <laughs> I love Bilbao. I've been a couple of times. Yeah. It's a great place. And the Sam Mames is a great stadium. And it's definitely a place worth going. Yeah. So I need I to mean, confirm like, dates. I'm like going. that sort of thing. I like it when we take it to vaguely odd and unusual places. And I know Spain might not love rugby, but they certainly love Speaking rugby in the Basque Country. Speaking of odd and unusual, it's going to Newcastle the year after. <sighs> that is going to be less... Not Newcastle, New me. South Wales, I stress. No. Yeah, I, I'll level with you. If I'm going to go to anyone, it'll probably be Bilbao. Exactly. Exactly. Although, you know, the Basque language is probably easier <coughs> to understand than the Geordies. So. That is true, but... So the two and Josh's yawning. So let's Sorry, I just <laughs> was incapable of stifling. Josh has got a new job. Uh, He's very tired. He's very busy. I am very tired right now. Um, plus, I was on a stanky this weekend and I still haven't recovered. So uh, getting yes. too old now. See all of that malarkey. I am far too old. <laughs> I Where was that it? By, about by the way, Saturday afternoon. Where um, was it? 
It was in Hamburg. Uh... City of Sin. (laughs) (laughs) Have they got loads of Beatles shit going on there as well? Are they completely ripping that off and all? I'm disappointed I didn't have time to go and have do the Beatles tour. I did stand outside what was the top 20 club and it's now a pizza hut. Um... (laughs) (laughs) That's the... Hey, there's the EU for you. Yep, says a lot. Yes. Um, It's just one of the places where the Beatles played their first gigs. Don't worry about it, just make it a fucking pizza hut. (laughs) We're napping in Liverpool. It's all they've got. So... um, Anyway, semi-finals this weekend. Saturday, Munster are playing Saracens in Dublin, I believe. Yes, in the Aviva. I think this is going to be a very interesting game. I think a lot of it depends on if Conor Murray's fit. Yes. But I would be like, I don't want to be that guy, Saracens fans, but I would be fucking delighted if you lost. Oh, I would be delighted as well. Everybody who isn't a Saracens fan would be delighted if they lose. Oh, absolutely. I'm not a massive fan of Munster, I'll be honest, but, you know... I'm no. more of a fan of Munster than I'm a Saracens. And also, it's just, just a bit different, isn't it? Nobody wants you to fucking win the goddamn thing every year. It's boring. So, yeah, I would. I think Saracens are probably going to win because that is always a good bet to take. Well, they um, they did that massive turnaround at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, they looked very Saracensy. They looked very, very Saracensy when they just sort of went, right, come on now. Fuck, stop fucking about. Well, brilliant. they brought Ashton off the bench. Yeah. Solved everything. But Munster are a very... I think Munster are a different gravy to pretty much any team Saracens will have played this season. And equally, Saracens are a different gravy to any team that Munster will have played this season. So... If I had to guess, I would say Saracens. Not guess. If I, I was would, to have to deduce and come up to a conclusion, I would say Saracens. I would say Saracens, but I will say that it will be not by very much. It won't be by very much. Munster I think will give is, them a fucking hell of a game. They will, but Saracens can deal with that. I think if Saracens get ahead against Munster, I'm not sure, as fairy tale as it's been this year for Munster, I'm not sure they'll be able to repel the relentless great black... What was it you referred to them as last week or the week before? Inhuman killing machines. Yes, yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I completely agree. I think if Saracens get their tails up, it will just be sort of not too dissimilar to the Glasgow game. They might allow them to sort of stay in it for 40, 50 minutes, but they will hit the stop fucking about button at some point. Yes. Uh, Claremont versus Leinster. <clears throat> um, Where's this ooh, being played? This, uh, this is at Claremont, I believe. Oh. Um, so you would probably lean towards Claremont, but I don't know. Munster have got a bit about them this season. Leinster? I like... Uh, yeah, sorry. And well, they both have got a bit of that, in yeah, fairness. Yeah. But, um, I think Claremont have, a, have more propensity to blow hot and cold at the minute than Leinster do. Yes, I think I think Leinster are sort of Leinster have not been very good like by their high standards over the last couple of weeks, but they still won, and they just got such a good pack of forwards. I think they have the potential to just go to Claremont and bully that Claremont pack as decent as that Claremont pack is. I think that Leinster just got depth for fucking days, and they have the prepend- they have the ability to really unsettle that Claremont backline, particularly Camille Lopez, who, as we all know, is talented. If nothing, very French, I think is the word. Very French, for. despite having yes. a Spanish surname. Yes. Yes. Um, so we think probably I would agree with you. I think we're looking at a Leinster Saracens final. I think. I, th- I think so, one. and I would quite enjoy that, to be honest. Um, are we bothered about the Challenge Cup? Um, I'm certainly not bothered anymore. 
bastard. You could have been child. playing Bath, you see. I know. At home. That would have been nice. Stade Francais, Bath, uh, and Atlantic Stade Rochelais uh, versus Gloucester. I am going to go um, French wins. I, I, was look- I, think... I was looking at the Stade since they... Basically, since the whole shit with the the merger being called off, yeah, they have suddenly started looking like a team possessed. And I was I watched highlights of their win on the weekend, and they looked fucking incredibly good, like playing like they did when they won the title again. And I think for all of Bath's quality this season, I just don't think they've got enough. I could be wrong, but I think because they're away, aren't they? They are away. They had a shit all of a result the weekend as well. So yeah. just, they just they just can't be relied upon. And Stafford no. say at home, I think. And speaking of can't be relied upon, Gloucester, despite again... Gloucester away from home. To, are they away from home? I think they are. They are, yeah. They? yeah. Did yeah, you see, uh, by the way, the Gloucester Russia. fan with Mike Phillips last weekend? I'm sorry to change tack. I didn't actually, no. Mike Phillips scored for sale. Of course he did. He's at a Gloucester. And retiring... Yeah, oh, that's said, very sad. Can we have a moment to pull one out for <laughs> the biggest dickhead in rugby over the last 10 years? As I did I say on Twitter, Reese Webb will have to work hard now because he's mouthy pricking oh, for two. Double time. Anyway, he scored, Mike Phillips, mm. and as he scored, obviously, he was right in front of the shed or, and and uh, <laughs> and basically did that, that double hand did thing. Did he give it some? He gave yeah. it some. He gave it some. And the guy <laughs> sat on the front row. It wasn't a shit because it was the end. The guy sat on the front row, stood up and double V's him. In like plain view. Proper British Classic. double V. Have that, Phillips. <laughs> I posted a video of it on the on the page, on the the page Facebook page. You want to go have a look at it? And somebody commented, you know, you should have fucking chinned him one. Because <laughs> you can do that, can't you? You do that close to the ground. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Gloucester are going to lose. It's going to be an all-French final. It should be quite boring. Yes, but... uh, Rochelle play fucking brilliant rugby, um, and Gloucester occasionally do. So it could be a good game. Yes. Right, that brings us to the end of this <laughs> Lions. Tell the listeners what you said on Twitter before <laughs> we start earlier today, Josh. I believe I said something along the lines of, it's probably going to be quite a short one tonight, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. because we're just talking like this. Yeah, this won't be as long as usual, or something along those lines. Um, I, I'll tell you learn? exactly what I said. Learn. Yes, it was. Uh, uh, I can't remember what I said. It was something. Yeah, it was basically. I, I I I'll tell you what, listeners. I thought that this was probably going to be a forty to forty-five minute chat about the Lions for a little bit, and then get an early night. Yeah. Um, I guess this yes, isn't I going said, to be as I long guess this as is normal. Going to be as long as normal ones, he said. Uh, what are we at now? <laughs> One, One hour, hour twenty-six minutes. Yeah. And on that note, let's at least mm. try and finish before uh, the hour and a half <laughs> is up, shall we? Indeed. Um, Enjoy your Lions Tour rage, whatever it may be about, whatever, everybody. Whatever it may be about, enjoy the Lions Tour rage, and remember everybody all the time that the only thing you should really pay any attention to is this goodbye see you later everyone. 
If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.